0: John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means! Hot route! I don't... W- what is hot route?
1: Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! <laughs> <laughs> Booyah! Oh That's what we call a sack lunch! nom 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 nom! nom. <laughs> It's time for the Soonerscoop.com post-game show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game.
0: Welcome back. It is the Escridge Lexus post-game show, and uh, most of all, we are happy to be here after a win. They won. We titled the podcast this week: "Just Beat can Don't lose to Kansas. Do not lose to Kansas. And they came through. And boy, uh, Vegas, hats off to you, folks. That was yeah, hey, it's a, a cover. It's a
1: cover. <laughs> can I, Can I take a page out of Barry Switzer's book and say? Uh, We beat Kansas. (laughs) Is is that not how? That doesn't ring as true as uh, we beat Texas. I love it. Uh, No, seven hundred yards of
0: offense. Look, we got a lot to talk about. It wasn't all great. Uh, It looked good for a while, but I think we've been talking about Eddie. Just, just play. Just, just show some progress. Just show us a little progress. No, and we look. Kansas didn't have their starting quarterback, but we knew they were coming in here with a run game uh, that it's a little bit problematic for Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, they have not played well uh, against running teams, against zone read, against misdirection. Uh, and, you know, talking to Ted Roof after today, like I think I said like maybe the dumbest thing I could have said, which he laughed at. I said, you know, since you guys have lost Billy Bowman, I, you've done some things that seemed like were going to work pretty well. And, and he, they just did it. <laughs> and he was like, did you watch? I felt like he was like staring a hole through me yeah. was saying, did you watch the last game? Son? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, they, they. I mean, they they did. But obviously. but the Key Lawrence, I mean, he was a big he uh, addition well. today in the starting lineup. Well, and and from where this thing has come, like where it's coming from, defensively, obviously, when you give up forty two points to Kansas, it's not going to be the prettiest thing. In fact, I think you know at the beginning of the year, if we would have walked in here and said that, oh, Oklahoma gave up forty two points and they only won by ten, you would have thought it was a disaster. But you know, all things considered. Where this thing has come from over the last couple of weeks, it was a. Uh, it wasn't positive the step. Davis Bevel show today. Yeah, it was a positive step in the right direction.
0: Actually, I mean, 700 yards of offense. Dylan Gabriel throws for 400, over yeah. 400 for the first time in his career. The downside is he has three turnovers, sure, and sure. one of them might not have been his fault. I still have to go back and, and rewatch. Everybody, like I was on the scoop account. And it was pretty mild today. It started getting a little yeah. janky toward the end of the I game. I think everybody,
1: everybody just wanted to win. Yeah. like I mean, it was truly, I, I told somebody before the game, just as far as when you debut the Unity uniforms like they did today, honoring Greg Pruitt, they couldn't have dropped them at a more perfect time just for the fact that it was almost like a holy shit, just don't lose to Kansas, we don't care what you wear. Well, they have to wear them the rest of the year now. Just every game now.
0: Well, if they would have won like 62 to 24. Sure. And it was headed in that direction. No, it was. It was. But it obviously didn't finish that way. You know,
1: I I walked out with a a staff member. uh, I think we can say staff member out of the post-game press conference. And we had a nice little discussion just like. Number eight's pretty damn important back there in the uh, the OU backfield. Like, getting D- Dylan Gabriel back there was just a calming sense for a lot of people, and he played well. Like, he didn't miss a whole lot of throws today. He missed some. I, it wasn't perfect, but, uh, you know, obviously the three turnovers, that's something that you can kind of overlook, I guess, when you uh, end up winning the football game. But it was a, a strong performance offensively today. It felt like whenever they needed something – uh, they basically got it, and I think that you know it's it's a step in the right direction. You know more than anything, Carrie, I think that here over the last couple of weeks, and I asked Eric Gray about this after the game. It's not the sexiest thing to talk about when you get shut out at the Cotton Bowl. It's not the easiest thing to talk about when they uh, you know the way that they played down in Fort Worth or even in, against Kansas State. But it's an offensive line that seems like it's kind of starting to come together a little bit, and they're really. Able to run the ball, Eric Gray with a really good day I mean, today. Shit, 176 dude, he ran yards. For
0: 176 yards. I mean, like, and it was. I mean, like, Javante Barnes played a lot today, but you can still, you can still kind of smell the freshman on him. Like, he doesn't yeah. know how powerful he is. Yeah. He doesn't know what he can. You know that he can run through some of the tackles. He's able to run through. Like, he's trying to dance around a little too much still. Eric Gray was, I mean, perfect
1: today. He's been great, I mean, man. He's been really, really good. And I think that, you know, he talked a little bit about after the game just as far as the offensive line getting a little bit more feel for what he likes to do uh, when he cuts back and gets across the grain. So, it was it was a really good day on the ground, obviously, for Oklahoma. They rushed for just under 300 yards, or just over 300 yards. Uh, I guess the net ended up being 298. But, I don't know, Do they end up taking a couple away because of the uh, knees at the end of the game? I don't know, it doesn't matter. They 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 had 316 yards yeah, they, on the game. Yeah, I mean
0: they, they they do take those out. So
1: Air Grey though, I mean 8.8 and he was really good in the passing game as well, catching the ball out of the backfield today for Oklahoma. So I mean, he's
0: he you know, he's one of those guys. He transferred to Oklahoma uh wanted to get on a bigger stage. This year has not been the bigger stage that he expected, but he's making himself a lot of money. Like yeah. he's becoming one of those guys that everybody wants in the NFL whether it's Alvin Kamara or uh, I mean, take your pick of kind of, um, you know, smaller backs that are good in the pass game. Like, I'm not a big fan. I don't have time for fantasy football, so I don't know all those guys who they are. But sure. Everybody in the NFL wants one of those guys. No,
1: it was and you know, I think it's kind of a growing sense here over the last couple of weeks that they've really started to find something. You know, Robert Conjol got in there a little bit at guard today for Cade Uh, You know, it just felt like, and especially the drive that they end up, you know, unfortunately having to kick a field goal. Uh, They're in the fourth quarter. That, what was that? 15, 16 plays mm-hmm. where they just basically said, we're coming at you. We're going to keep it on the ground. You you guys can stop it. And I think that kind of. And it made them use up all their timeouts. Sure. Which, you sure. Know, at the end of the game was important.
0: Sure. I, I'll tell you this. Like, Mike, I say I had an a, a, a interview with Braden Willis. It was more like a discussion. And it kind of started out like this. Like, you know, I think the way I categorize this offense so far this year is, Early on, you wondered if there were enough balls to go around. Like, you had Marvin Mims, you had Theo Wees, you had Drake Stoops, and you have Jalil Farouk coming on, Eric Gray carries. I mean, like, how are you going to make all these guys happy? And today was a day where it almost seemed like they could have used more footballs because – Everybody was getting in on the action. Theo Weiss was in on the action today. They targeted Marvin Mims sixteen times in this game. Did they really? Catches. Yes, sixteen. He got targeted sixteen times. In this I don't game. know what's
1: crazier—the fact that he had sixteen targets, or the fact that Drake Stoops had a career high uh, receptions. Are you looking at it? Mm-hmm. Four. Like I, for yeah. some reason, I would have just thought it was more. Yeah. But
0: they did. They did a lot with him in the run game too. I mean, which was yeah. Look, Jeff Lebby. For all the criticism he took last week for not benching Davis Bevel, like that guy. First off, he came up with the wildcat. They didn't use it at all today, which I thought maybe they should have been on fourth and goal.
1: I thought that you know, I thought half. there was a couple times that they they. I thought that they did. They direct did. snapped
0: it to Eric Gray when okay. he was in the backfield. Okay, but it with wasn't like technically breaking yeah, like Willis. they never I sent got you. Dylan Gabriel out. To yeah, the yeah, receiver yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. It. Um, but they, you know, they had one play, you know, there before half where they put Chris Murray in as a fullback. Yeah. Uh, So they were trying all kinds of – like, you can criticize Jeff Lebby all you want. He's coming up with some really good shit. Yeah, for sure. And today I thought he just said, okay, we've stunk the last couple of weeks. We haven't had Dylan Gabriel. Now we have him back. Let's go show everybody what our offense is about.
1: Yeah, and they were really good on third down early in the game. It seemed like, you know, this was the first time uh, maybe in the entire season that they really got some momentum coming out of the gates – uh, at the beginning of the game and you know I, I think that that kind of stuff kind of carries over there was no panic on the sidelines and you were able to build a lead even though it was 14 to 14 you it felt like that was an Oklahoma offensive old where when they needed something they were going to go get it and it was just uh, you know I guess comforting in a way to see the offense moving at that pace uh, because we really hadn't seen it here over the last couple of weeks and for the obvious reason without Dylan Gabriel but uh, you know they played really really well if you want to be really, if you want to be critical about the offense, obviously the three turnovers that can't happen, and then um, you know the snafu before half. I mean, that's just that's one of those things. Even when you're up 14 at halftime, that you go, "Shit, is that going to come back and bite them?"
0: Well, that you know that to me, that's kind of the story of the day. Is you know, Brett Venable spent so much time last week talking to the team about the 05 team. Uh, you know, when Rhett Bomar was a young quarterback and Paul Thompson. They lost to TCU to start the year, the 0-9 season where your guy Sam goes down against BYU. Uh, they have to basically go to a completely different, you know, five wide offense. Uh, their defense was really good that year, but their offense was just okay. Uh, and and you know, just talking about those teams that struggled and like how they stuck together and how a lot of those players say that those were some of their favorite seasons at Oklahoma. Like they're tr- they they spent this last week trying not to lose this team. Yeah, and to go out and get a win today. And to play well in a lot of areas, especially sure. offensively. Now, we're going to talk about the not-so-good stuff. We've already talked about the goal line thing. But you go into bye week, and now, you know, like we were saying, like how many people are going to transfer? How many yeah. people are going to go home, no, talk mean, to their families, and be like, you know, I don't think Oklahoma's working out That
1: for me. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, especially going into this bye week, that you just had to wonder, uh, you know, how they were going to respond coming off of the three straight losses. It was so important for them to go over the next 13 days without playing a game. With some positive momentum. And I think that it was, you know, it was it was really interesting to me hearing some of the guys talk about it after the game. It just kind of it felt like a sense of relief more than anything. Like, shit, we can win football games again. And, you know, Braden talked about it. Deshaun White talked about yeah. it. The, the leaders of this football team talked about just that importance and uh, yeah, because going coaches, out and playing well. The
0: coaches aren't in their ears all the time, but they're sure. in that locker room. And Braden Willis and Deshaun White need sure. to be, their voices need to be heard. Yeah. And, and their reinforcement of you guys are doing the right things, just keep at it. Yeah. Like they're not going to just be, you know, tune everybody well, out. I,
1: I mean, how long had it been since, like, truly, like, over the last, you know, they hadn't led a game since November 17th. We had talked about that on the Unfortunately 40 this week. But, I mean, truly, they had not had any positive momentum within the program over the last three weeks. It had just been so ugly and so bad since that Kansas State game that, you know, I, I think that they can finally go to bed tonight, uh, you know, not having to worry about all the bullshit that's going to come with another week of just being drugged down and, you know, the negativity around the program just as a whole. And the fans and yeah, like social I, media. It, it felt like it, – it It almost felt like – the too, media media. Yeah, it's like – but it, Us. It, well, I mean, and they deserved it. All the time. They they deserved it the way that they've been playing. But I think that you know, going into this bye week, it's going to be really interesting to see just how refreshed they are when they come back out against Iowa State because there is a little bit of a okay, you can breathe again. You're back over 500. You got a first conference victory, and uh, you know, I, I I would say that the uh, the the feeling around the program today is you know quite different than what it was uh, you know five six days ago when we were doing the. The doom and gloom post game pod coming back on the heels oh. of a forty uh, nine nothing loss to Texas.
0: Well, I was, I was, you know, it's it's really funny too because I know you've had this and I've had people come up to me and be like, "Man, I really enjoyed your pods, your post games the last couple of weeks," because we brought everyone together. We really had a discussion. It was kind of therapeutic, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, but I was talking to someone on the elevator coming down. They're like are you doing a pod today or tomorrow? And I was like, oh, we're doing it today. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing get it. it out We're the doing way. it on Saturday. Like, we don't need to have, uh, you know, the the gathering of the minds to have a podcast. Like, you and I were just so spent, like, mentally, emotionally after that Texas game. Yeah. Like, we just looked e- e- at each other and we're like, how do we do a pod?
1: I mean, it was just, it was, it was so bad, too. I mean, and it, it almost felt like you don't want to come in here and just, you know, talk about excuses by any means, but... You know the offense that they ran out there against uh, Texas—it just was never going to come together. It was you were never going to be able to find uh, a recipe to be able to beat Texas with that. So it was a a positive step for the program today. I think that there is a little bit of a just almost a sigh of relief that you don't have to go into these next 13 days personally, Uh, and I'm sure that you probably feel the same way, Carrie. That. You know, the next thirteen days, if they weren't able to win today, and you're on a four-game losing streak, and you don't play a game, uh, it would have just been hell. It would have been absolute hell.
0: Someone actually bought some merch at halftime, and I was like, "Thank God!" Okay, like, thank God. The world is healing. The world is healing. The world
1: is healing. It it just it it did feel like, and there were moments today, like there were moments where, uh, you know, and you know, you get up and you get up by three touchdowns in the second half. You're like, okay, are they going to be able to uh, kind of you know, really pull away. And they, they weren't, but at the same time, it never felt like it was close. And I, I think that that was kind of a sense of relief in terms of, uh, you know, just the way that this whole thing has been over the last couple of weeks. You just, you, you kind of wonder where the, the program was going at times. And it just felt good today to be able to kind of sit back and, and watch a, a football team that looked somewhat familiar to the team that we kind of became familiarized with over the first three games.
0: Well, and you know, it's like, it, 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 we want Brent to succeed. I mean, we want to see him have success. I mean, and not just because we know him and, you know, have known him for so long, but he's recruiting well. Like, he's yeah. good for this program. If, if the on-the-field stuff works, like, all the – he's great for the fans. I mean, the fans, today they did the announcements of the, the you know, the, the lineup announcement. Brent Venable's got as big a cheer as anybody. It, you know, Dylan Gabriel definitely got the biggest when being announced as a starting quarterback. Uh, but it was, like, a very large cheer for Brent Venables. I, the, I, the fans have his – you know, they have – he has the fan support. And I think if you get this thing to work on the field, man, this could be a real – he could take this program to new heights. Uh, I mean, you know, even higher, I believe, than, than Bob Stoops.
1: It's, a, it's amazing the, uh, the, the, the difference in tone that we're talking about of Brent Venables here today than we were last week when it was like, you know, is the – but – at I the, think he kinda deserves it because no, he did, he's but he, holding this thing together. And he's navigated. It. Yeah. He navigated it to it's get to this point. Show, yeah. it, it has been. And I think that like that tells me more And it's
0: not fixed. I mean, I don't want to sound like that. No, I mean, no, no, no.
1: I I, th- I think everybody would know what you're saying in terms of he's navigated what could have been an absolute like make I don't want to say make or break, but I'm telling you, you go into this into this bye week on a four game losing streak and all of a sudden I think that. There is some very serious conversations to be had just as far as what the direction of the program is. Who knows how many guys that you could lose out of that 2023 class over the extended period of time when you're going into a bye week. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be able to get out onto the road. I know that the big um, Allen-Ditton-Geyer games coming up on Thursday. I think that they're going to be sending a, a big crew down there to that. I think that we're probably going to end up going down there on Thursday night. So. I'll go down there. Yeah. It, I mean, it's... We get escorts to get us a car. We get, we definitely do that. And, you know, Jackson Arnold was at the game today. He sees a Jeff Savious Levy put tweet. together a 700-day performance. Like, it was just a good, positive kind of breath of fresh air that this program just truly hasn't had over the last, you know, month and a half. I'll
0: tell you this. the To talk about just the atmosphere today, uh, I was a little concerned when I walked into the stadium, it was just quiet outside. Like, people were just kind of milling around, but there was no excitement. Uh, you didn't even really hear people talking all that much. Uh, you know, the food truck lines weren't all that long. And you could see, like, the upper decks as you're walking in, like, okay, those aren't that full. Uh, and, you know, the corners were bad. The student section was bad. You know what? I will say, like— It did fill in once the game started There were more people
1: going. there today than, like, around 1045, I was like, okay, this is not going to be a good crowd. It yeah. ended up being a pretty it filled good crowd, in really good. Yeah, in that yeah. that
0: ends that uh, I'd say the northeast end zone that looked empty kind of filled in. I couldn't see you know the people underneath the press box on the second level, but it did remind me that it used to be so good with the old south end zone. That's when you could tell that you know people weren't interested in the game. Remember the the Kansas State Halloween game when they lost yes. and then the bus driver got pissed off. Yes, like that was a really uh, really empty South End Zone that game.
1: No, and and I now mean, you
0: kind of now it's like we haven't really been through this to where it's a down season. Sure. So it's hard to tell. You know, okay, does this mean that people aren't here? Does this mean like it's bad? Is it yeah. this bad? Is it is it not so bad? But no, I give it up to the fans. They filled it in. Uh, it was another sellout. So the streak is intact. Uh, with Baylor coming to town, you go to Iowa State. Like I think they're gonna be fine.
1: I no, think they're going to get through it. Yeah, and I, I think that, it, again, it was just, uh, I guess, kind of reinforcing the idea that I think for the most part, there's a lot of people that understand what this thing's going through right now. You're obviously going to have the people that get pissed. They are gonna they want you to win 50 to nothing. They don't uh, want to listen to you know, why
0: it is like it is.
1: Yeah, and I but I do think that there are a lot of people that kind of understand where this program is, uh, is, is right now, why it's in that spot right now. And again, it's kind of like we talked about on the U40 here over the last couple weeks. It wasn't about them losing the last three games for me personally. It's been how they've lost the last two games and just how embarrassing it's been for the, you know, when you look up at the end of the first quarter and you, the game's over, like you don't even, yeah. the, the game doesn't need to be played out. So it was uh it was, it was a, it was a good positive performance. I thought defensively, Kind of is what it is. I mean, it's still a work in progress, very much so. But there were some bright moments, whether you want to say, like, you know, C.J. Colden making a play, Deshaun White. Yeah. I thought the linebackers as a whole. Desha- I, I mean, there were times it was like the Deshaun White show. I mean, he did some really good things
0: today. I thought I thought Danny Stutzman played one of his better games. David Aguaybe was leading the team in tackles at halftime. No, um, he did
1: get picked on on that first third and 13. Yeah. The tight end just ran right by him. There and was, I mean,
0: there was, you know, look, here was what, and, and, you know, I talked to Ted Roof about this, and I, I can't remember whether you were with me or not.
1: Yeah, um, I was over there.
0: But, you know, Brent kept talking about the run fits, you know, like he couldn't figure out why the fits were so bad. Uh, and then, you you know, you see Kansas, you see them play, and you're like, oh, shit, that's going to be a real problem for Oklahoma, you know, with their so ba- being yeah. so bad at run fits. Yeah. And I think you have to take the first half – in the second half differently because, but the first half, that was what impressed me most is that they were in position on the running, you know, most of the running plays. Sure. Now they had kind of the reverse jet sweep that, re, that broke for them a couple of times. Which,
1: and I, th- I thought at the times, really good play calls. Yeah. Like, they, they were, you just got beat and sometimes you got to reset.
0: There was like an option where I think Stutzman uh actually strung it out, strung it out and sacked yeah. the quarterback for like a 1-yard loss or there, that one and then
1: uh, the Jane Davis played the pitch man as well yeah. really well over on the uh, east side of the sideline lo- uh, stadium. Yeah.
0: But that's like I mean that's like okay, it's a complicated thing for a team that struggled with run fits running the option could be a very complicated thing and they did a pretty good job of it. Yeah. Now where I think you're still deal you're you're still dealing with a team that has has some psyche issues because you know when Dylan Gabriel would have the turnovers he had three of them it was like that team it they just tanked mentally or or almost like emotionally like it was like they could not overcome the fact that they were having to get out there on the field a negative play had happened uh and they just didn't have that mentality of okay well I think one time they, they might have got it back after a turnover, the defense.
1: Stopped. Uh I think that was the CJ Colden or the Yeah, the CJ Colden. Was it CJ Colden or the Deshaun White? I thought one of them came yeah. after a turnover. Right.
0: It did. Well, I remember one turnover got nullified because the defense stopped him, and I can't remember how that happened, just off the top of my head, now that we're sitting here right after the game. But like that's the thing. It's like you you saw some progress, but you still see things that are like, okay, this is this is something they gotta work through. But it wasn't all gonna get fixed in one game and, and no. we all knew that. And we just, you know, we were just kind of like, just show some progress. Yeah. Like, give she people had, some hope. Give I the was players saying, some play four quarters. Yeah.
1: Like, like get into a game where you have a chance in the fourth quarter. And obviously, they took care of that today. And, you know, I, I, I don't think that everything is going to be is fixed. Like, I I certainly can't sit here and say that they're going to win out or do anything like that. But it does feel like, and, you know, it, a lot of it too, Kerry, I think just goes back to the fact that when you got eight out there. At quarterback, that offense just moves so much better. Like, it, it, yeah. it's, it's almost night and day different. Well, it, it is night and day. It's not even almost. <laughs> you, know, it's,
0: you, know, you had a quarterback that threw for 38 yards last week. He threw for 403 today. So, I think, uh, that's I, night and day right I, there. I
1: think somebody said, uh, it might have been Nate when he came by here uh, earlier, the great Nate Fake and a quitter of journalism. But it, it was... <laughs> I think he said his first three throws went for more than 38 yards. Like, that was the first series today that he had thrown for more than Davis Bevel did a week ago. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, obviously very uh, kind of calming today. And I think that, you know, it's only going to get better. Hopefully, they continue over the next five to make progressions each week. And, you know, we'll see. But then again, Iowa State coming out of the bye week. A really, that's a really good defense. Yeah, That's a really good defense, and it's going to be kind of a test Does up in they play in next
0: week, Iowa State? That's a good question. You never want to play a team coming off of a very difficult loss, and apparently Matt Campbell almost lost his mind like he did in the Big 12 championship game today. Today? Yes. Oh, down in Austin? Yes. I didn't see that. So apparently there was a play late uh, where Iowa State fumbled the ball back over to Texas, but it appeared to be targeting on the player that knocked the ball loose. Uh, he launched himself and put his shoulder right into the guy's head. Uh, and then the ball came loose and Matt Campbell kind of like Sonny Dykes wanted to kill some
1: people. Both teams coming off of a Biden uh, in two Ooh. weeks up in Ames.
0: By the way, this is a problem next week uh, in two weeks. Little inside baseball here for you. Uh, Bob Prisbillow was up in the press box. Uh, Bob Prisbillow really appreciates people that have food for you after games we need which to, most places do like you went to nebraska they have one of the better setups they oh, give you they, pizza and stuff after they have like a cafeteria you know I mean, honestly everybody
1: does Every, nowadays yeah pretty much PCU everybody has does. pizza after the game yeah. nebraska had pizza after the game we're not asking for much my little pizza shuttle up there so although i never went up to the press box today so i can't i can't really <laughs> bitch well, I told Bobby
0: come over here. We get dinner, but uh, I saw he just so. But Iowa State they don't do post game meals.
1: Well, I mean, Iowa State they might they they'd rather kill you than you be there for like an hour after. Right, oh, yeah. we might we might not even be able to do the post game because Brent's gonna be taking so long. Oh my god! I mean, they might turn the lights off on us here in two weeks up there.
0: Yeah, we might have to have Sunday post game for Iowa. State. Yeah,
1: depending on what the uh, what time the kick time is, but uh, well, that know. was
0: like. Was that no? That was Kansas State when we did it in the car driving back, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Or KU. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: Uh, it was one of those. I think yeah. it might have been. It might have been Kansas State. We would definitely be it.
0: doing post game if I were going up to Ames. We'd be doing post game in the car on the way back. Yeah, but Iowa State, they literally, do, as soon as the final buzzer sounds, they want you out of the press box. Yeah, it's it's kind it's of crazy. insane. Like because you're
1: in that that in zone thing that right. they do all the post game yeah. stuff at. Uh, but no, it was, you know, I, was there anything that like just really surprised you today? I thought that like, you know, Robert Spears Jennings showed a little bit
0: that surprised me and he got a lot of CJ Holden starting Ted to Root. come
1: on. It, do you think like the CJ Colden emergence that like, I still don't, Graham did not I don't play get today. that entire thing with DJ Graham <laughs> and he was out there today going through pregame as a wide receiver, but he was still wearing number nine. So he couldn't get onto the field anytime that Braden was out there. And obviously he didn't play today. For anybody that didn't know, do I we, think he was on special teams.
0: Do we? What do we take from? Um, golly, from Mister Ellipsis on Twitter. Um, did you not see? Uh, oh, Jane Gibson. Jane Gibson. I yeah. mean, do
1: you want my honest opinion?
0: You're a freshman. That's I mean, my opinion. You're like, a freshman. Shut up.
1: shut up. You're a freshman. Yeah, you like, dro- yeah.
0: last time we saw you on the field, you dropped a pass. You're hit you right in the gut.
1: I mean, and you would hope that that's something that LaDamian Washington or Jeff Lebby or, or Marvin, you know, Mims. you know, Marvin Mims or whoever his guy is down there. Uh, you know, they kind of take him to the side and be like, "Shut up, dude. You just put up. Theo, we our offense just put up seven hundred yards today. Yeah. Like, what are you? What are you bitching about? And maybe it could be like one of those things too that. You know, it it could have meant nothing like that. It, it's one of those coincidences that, you know, I just it's not the best look when you're and bitching about that, playing time. People
0: that don't know what we're talking about, Jaden Gibson just simply sent out a tweet with like th- three periods.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose not to read into it. Like the Brian Darby stuff was kind of weird uh, earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like I'll I'll be completely honest. Didn't even look for him today. Don't even remember if I saw him today. Uh, but you know it. It it was a. Uh, it, it, if you're wondering why we're stumbling over this, oh my god! Uh, Caleb even,
0: Williams just went from a safety to a thirty-yard game. It
1: just like it just it doesn't hurt as bad right now after uh, <laughs> putting up seven hundred yards as maybe it would uh, maybe a week ago. But it you know like Jaden Gibson. That's one of those things that in a way I just go grow up and yeah. And he's and know, he's
0: freshman. He's gonna grow
1: up, but you know, it, it, it's super interesting because then you look at a walk-on like a Gavin Freeman makes an incredible diving oh grab today. Uh, you know, what just somebody that like, you know, obviously has earned a lot of respect from those guys, whether it be Dylan Gabriel or Jeff Levy or Brent Venables, uh, Jerry Schmidt, you know, we talked about that way back in August. So, uh, you know, it, it's not that big of a deal. You can't really make it into a big deal because I don't, I don't really know what he was uh, intending with that, but just shut up, dude. I mean, look,
0: he, you know, Key Lawrence, I think, is probably one of those guys that had every opportunity to, to go out there and be an ass on Twitter. You know what he did? He said, I'm going to have a good week of practice, and I'm going to prove that I deserve to be on that field. And he started today. And you mentioned Robert Spears Jennings. Like, we were talking to Ted Roof, which, by the way, Ted Roof, away from the podium, just in a kind of more of a, you know, informal setting – I really enjoy talking to him. Uh, and you'll see the video. I mean, you got the video up already on, yeah. on the you site know, and YouTube. I mean, he
1: was always one of those guys that I'm sure fans don't want to hear this shit. But, like, I had been contacted from somebody at Auburn uh, that covered J. him in, at Tate. Auburn. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to sell anybody under the bus. Oh, but he doesn't care. He likes being – he, 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 like, he was like, if you ever get a chance, go get a beer with him because he will tell some stories. Yeah. Really good guy. Uh, but you know, again, but he was,
0: the reason I'm where I was going is, you know, Jaden Gibson, you're upset that you're not playing, but so is Kip Lewis. Yeah. So is Robert Spears Jennings. Sure. They're doing things at practice to get on the field. Sure. I mean, Ted roof was asked like, you know, Jaron Kanick, he was talking about, you know, how you know proud he was of him and impressed and, uh, you know, seeing him out on the field tonight and doing things and Robert Spears Jennings, he brought him up and someone asked, well, who else has really stood out? And he said, Kip Lewis.
1: Yeah. Um, which is a, which is a positive. And he was a guy that, you know, obviously was going to redshirt and then he got thrown into a situation where you might have to see a little bit of the field uh, because of the Shane Wider injury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he he I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he flashed. He made one play against Texas late in the fourth quarter, yeah. but it was still one of those plays that it, it's kind of like the play that you saw with uh, with uh, Jaron Canick here. You know, I, I guess it would have been back at the Nebraska game where you go. That guy just there's an instinct there that he was able to find. And when we're talking about, you know, OU going to find, and we talked about this with Josh this past week, when they, when we're talking about guys, like just, they need to go find football players with an instinct for the football, with a nose for the football. That's exactly what we're talking about. Is it not like just somebody that can go, can read a play, can evaluate it. And in a matter of a second, go make a play on the football.
0: I guarantee you, uh, we we have been hoping for a win just so we can avoid some of the drama uh, on the board and, you know, just on Twitter and getting people excited about maybe buying some merch at Soonerscoopstore.com, um, but one guy I know that is extremely happy tonight is, is Ed Eskridge um, because he loves him some Sooners, and uh, he has not enjoyed watching what's been happening the last three weeks like all of you guys, but... Uh, Escridge Lexus, one of the great sponsors of all of our pods and certainly appreciate them and, and, and uh, thank them for being another uh, taking another year uh, under the under the hood with us uh, being a, our official travel partner uh, we are very honored to have them uh, but just a, a great dealership um, you know if you're looking for something and you, you know you need something better than a Hyundai
1: <coughs>
0: guy across from me um,
1: I don't know who you'd be talking about uh, Do they have sunroofs and Lexuses?
0: Uh, my, son, my sunroof. I I'm just making sunroof. sure. You just drove an IS.
1: It probably has a just, sunroof. I'm just making sure.
0: Uh, no, but you know, they're, the new car inventories, are still pretty limited, um, but they are getting better and better. Um, so if you know that you know, you want to look at a Lexus, I mean, even if, if, if they've got one that you know, someone at the, the dealership is driving, they'll let you take it for a test drive. That's what they did with me when they were really, really low on cars. Uh, so, you know, just let them know what you're interested in. They'll, they'll tell you what's coming in. Uh, you can kind of get in line for something. Uh, you know, if, if you're, you know, driving by all these car lots and you're like, okay, they don't have anything. They don't have anything. They might not have anything, but they've got stuff coming in and they are not going to, uh, you know, charge you a bunch of extra fees. They're not going to, they don't ever charge over MSRP on a new car. Uh, and they never charge a dock fee or make you pay for accessories that you really don't want. So visit uh for the most up-to-date inventories uh, or book your next service appointment because those are important. Uh, Lexuses will basically run forever. Just go and get them serviced like I do. So thanks to Escridge Lexus, and Ed for uh, always being a big part of the pot. So, um, yeah, I I will say this. like One of the things that I think I've been – and it's not just because of the Texas game, but I really think, like, Braden Willis is finally – you remember my man crush I had on him, like, three years ago. Uh, like, he's to me, he's really starting to live up to his potential.
1: Well, and he's starting – and you asked him about it after the game, just as far as being physical with the football. I thought it was kind of interesting. He said he has more freedom right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't really know, like – what necessarily that means? I
0: think that they're just using him more. Like sure. Lincoln I mean, he kinda, had over 100 yards today. Lincoln used the H-back, you know, as kind of a surprise. Yeah. And I think they they are using Brayden as a, a weapon. Well,
1: he was very much like you could tell early in the game, too. They were going to make throws easy yeah. for for Dylan Gabriel. and Get him uh, in rhythm. Get him in rhythm, find something. And, you know, I think that it definitely paid off because – even like in and Gavin made a really good ball uh play on the ball but those are just balls that they were not connecting on earlier in the year uh even the ball to uh Theo Weese that went for a touchdown mm-hmm. those are just not balls that they have been completing at a uh, at a high rate right now and i think that they were able to get him into rhythm and obviously you know braden with the way that they started i don't know what they started in the first quarter or the first half but i bet they were every bit of uh 6 for 7 or 7 for 8 on third down and a lot of that was to Drake, and a lot of that was to uh, Braden Willis early in the game.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, like you said, Drake was involved. I mean, Marvin Mims getting 16 targets is just unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, it, he had a huge smile on his face after yeah. that game. Like, it's always interesting because Marvin is a guy that doesn't really hide, you know, when he's upset or, yeah. you know, when he's happy. And, like, it was it, that's another one of those things I thought, like, okay, well, that guy's in a good mood that's That's good for the offense going in the break. And
1: well, and I, I, I think more than anything, you, when you talk to Braden or you talk to Marvin, I, I think Bob went over and got Marvin today. But it I, there has to be a little bit of a sense too, of just like a, a sigh of relief when you're pouring everything that you have into, you know, this program or into this team trying to be a leader and especially navigating it through these tough times. And you're not seeing results. And yeah. for somebody like a Braden Willis that, you know, Bob wrote about it on Thursday or a Friday morning, just as far as being a guy that, you know, he came back, he, he could have, he could have left. He wanted to make a decision to come back to the university. And I'm sure that there's times like where he gets by himself or he's talking to Jeremiah and he's like, like, did I make the right decision? Like I'm, I'm trying literally everything and, you know, we're playing like shit, like, and I have a sense of responsibility. I have a little bit of burden on that. So, you know, it, happy for him. It was, it was cool to see him, you know, kind of come together. And, you know, like you said, Kerry, he is a guy that is really probably making a lot of money for himself. I mean, yeah. from a, from a pass catching standpoint, obviously what he's put on tape, uh, through the first, you know, six, seven games of the year, just from a, uh, a blocking standpoint as well.
0: I think we should probably give a little credit to, if we want to kind of talk stock up, stock down, I think stock up for the defensive line today. I mean, they played a lot of bodies, but they had eight tackles for loss. Not all of them by those guys, but. Still not getting
1: pressure per se, right?
0: Only two quarterback hurries. But against this offense, I mean, they rolled Bean out so much. I mean, they were, I mean, they did make him pull it down and run it, which isn't always good. And then, oh, you kind of started spying him late in the game. Uh, but you know, eight tackles for loss. I mean, that's, you're getting back into that territory of where you want to be. Uh, I mean, remember this was a team that led the nation in tackles for losses after three games.
1: It's amazing. It's amazing. Just kind of what happened with the drop off, but, and, and, you know, I guess in a way, uh, you're doing it without Billy Bowman back there. And I think that, you know, that's, that's, he, he was playing the best football out of anybody on the defensive side and to be able to kind of get away with, not having him out there because of injury, it has to be, you know, a step in the right direction. You can at least kind of start building something and in, uh, going into the bye week and then again, coming out of the bye week against an Iowa State team that's probably not the best offensively in the entire country, obviously. But, you know, you, you can just kind of feed off of it, and then you get into Baylor. Then you get into Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Tech's going to obviously be a, a little bit of a problem. We saw what JT Daniels did to Baylor on Thursday night. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it again, before and after, it's not perfect by any means. When you give up 42, I still think that Kansas can move the ball a little bit. Uh, I guess in a way that they're thankful that Jalen Daniels didn't play. But all things considered, from where this defense has been, it's a step in the right direction, and, you know, I, I don't know if anybody wants to really hear it when you give up 49 like they did a week ago, but you're starting to stack some pretty good quarters on top of each other, and, you know, it, it, it it's one of those things that you almost kind of got to look at the positives. Of course, there's some bad in there. Uh, You know, the the drive after uh, Zach Schmidt hit the field goal to put him up 17, that's it's awful. Yeah. There's no getting around that. Yeah. But, they were able to get some stops. They were able to force some turnovers. And you just hope that you can continue to stack and you can continue to build. Uh, and, you know, maybe you give yourself a chance to win a couple games here uh, going down the stretch. And, you know, again, get bowl eligible.
0: Well, let's let's say this, too, because, I mean, we're not sitting here saying, oh, great, it's fixed. It's, no, you know, know no, no, but by no means. And the players weren't approaching that at all in the, in the postgame. I mean, if you go and watch all the videos and read the stories, you can see, like, Nobody's sitting there saying, "Finally, we got it all fixed." Like is, like we said early, this is a process. Brent Venables knows it's a process. The players know it's a process. Like you have to show incremental improvements. It's not all going to just happen. So, you know, that's the thing about. I think that you have to be happy with today, I, and the players do know it. Like Deshaun White, White, when we were talking to him, it was like he mentioned it several times. Like, yeah, that's good, but. You know, it, it, everyone had yeah. the the but this happened or but that this wasn't any good. Like nobody like I as a fan, I, I can't really say don't worry because we can't figure this team out week to week. But don't don't worry that, you know, that this is going to their heads. It's not. They it's just like the, the you know, the way that you mentioned the big drive, the, the very quick drive. What was that like they had like seven yards or seven plays and seventy five yards. The, like up 17. yeah, yeah, it was something. It was.
1: Uh, oh, I had it right here. Where is it at? If I can read a box score, I can give you it.
0: Uh,
1: going like old man Eddie. Let me just look in the papers. Well, goddamn, I can't find it. <laughs> uh, Seven seventy-five. Yeah, you're right. A minute forty-seven. Oh, I was off by two seconds.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, like those are moments, and and, and by the end. It you just should not have been in a game where you were like, okay, if they get the onside kick, it's like it never should have come down to an onside kick. And oh, you recovered it twice, so it wasn't a big deal. And then they kicked the field goal for the insurance. Uh, and part of that's probably a little bit on Jeff Lebby too for not running the clock out like he decided to do on that one drive. So um, you know, there's a lot of rough patches today. It's not perfect. But it's a win. I mean, and it's against a I, team that's beaten a lot of people this that's year. That's
1: right, and and like again, from where this thing is coming from, I know that it's like I don't know. I guess it's a moral victory in a way, but like I mean, I think that there was some some very serious fear that like Oklahoma was not going to be able to beat Kansas, and uh, you know, it, it's a win. It's a win.
0: I want the I want the OU fan that's like, look. I just want to be the team like West Virginia and Baylor. Like I just I just want to be like Texas Tech where we you know, we know we're not winning the conference, but we want to see we want to see it go down to the wire every yeah. week with us having a chance to win it. No doubt. No doubt. And I Like in the last 2 weeks, you didn't you felt like that team didn't exist in an Oklahoma no. uniform. No. Like every game was going to be just a bludgeoning and that this program had fallen so far that it was going to take years for it to come back.
1: Well, I, I think that there was a, a serious worry too that, like, and and we talked about this on the post game pod. We talked we talked about it over the last couple weeks, Carrie. Just as far as have they just tuned Brent out? Like, has, right, yeah. is is there an element of has he lost this team in the first year of the of the of his career? Like six games into this, which would have been. You know, that's, I mean, that is fireworks everywhere. Like, holy shit, you got to do something here.
0: Well, and I was still getting it on the scoop account. People just aren't going to stop. And I, I have to just learn to let this go. But, like, the other thing is I, I wish this put to rest the whole dumbing down the defense so they could execute something yeah. argument because that's not going to happen. Like, you can keep saying that until you're blue in the face. Brent Venables is not going to dumb down his defense and play some half-assed version of what he does. So guys can get lined up correctly. That's just never going to happen with him.
1: Teddy Lemon talked about it after the TCU game. They're, they're busting a cover three. Like, it doesn't get any more simple yeah. than that. Like, it, I think that, like, that it's one of those things that I think in a way, mentally, it makes everybody feel a little bit easier about the situation when you go, well, that was just a bust. Everything's a little too complicated right now. When in reality, it's a play that should just never be busted. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I think that hopefully you can take some confidence out of this. Hopefully you can take a little bit of uh, momentum into this week. And, you know, I think it's going to be really important to, to build off of this because this is kind of a spot. And, you know, OU at times today didn't do a really good job of there's still – there are moments in a game where you can hit the accelerator and just pull away from somebody. And they didn't necessarily do that today.
0: They haven't learned to do – I mean, you're there. This was a shell shock team coming into this game. Today. Sure, like sure, they. I guarantee those players, they probably weren't thinking much past you know, well, let's get out there and not screw up the next series. Yeah. I, I don't think they're in the the frame of mind to be like, you know, if we we punch one more in, they could quit. Yeah, like they don't have a they don't have a uh, not just even a winning, a killer's mentality. They don't have a winning mentality right now. No. And you know, I've got to develop that.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that that's where you start. You look at the next, you know, 12, 13 days before they go up to Ames, that you really hope that they grow. And they're, they, they're able to find a little bit more of an identity. And I think that they did that offensively today and shit. It might just be because Dylan was back there, but uh, you know, I thought something that was interesting that, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't mean the difference in, in winning the next five, six games, but I think it is a, just a great example of, like, Dylan Gabriel's leadership around the program uh, when he was talking about, you know, this week at, during the film session, everybody was kind of spread out in the, the red room. And Braden said, like, he stopped the film and got everybody to move up to the first two rows. Like, I know that's, like, one of those sappy, like, mm-hmm. leadership moments, but I think that, like that's the kind of shit when you are in the spot that they've been in over the last three weeks. Yeah. You need that shit as a yeah. part of a program. You need that in the locker room. And, you know, if, if you want to extend it even more, like, that's the kind of stuff if Dylan Gabriel were to come back next year, like, this would be his program. And it, it probably already is to a certain extent.
0: It's kind of like when I say, Eddie, you know, let's, let's work on your camera work a little
1: bit. That Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> We had a good day shooting today.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the footage. It uh, let's let's just face it. Last time you shot OU Kansas, it didn't go so well. Oh, that looks beautiful. Yeah, we're good. Oh, okay, we haven't good. Talked, we haven't
1: talked about the uniforms. The, probably not my favorite, but. I'd, they look better. They look better than they did with the. I with thought the, that that would be the with case. the release. Yes, with the release. That, like, I like
0: the. I like that the numbers were were flashy. That were shiny. I like that. Uh, if
1: if they if it's
0: it, kind of like the Ohio State.
1: Yeah, Black it is a little ones. bit. I do like the helmets. I thought that oh, like the helmets are pretty cool. But you know, again, it's kind of like one of those fan things. It's not. I what I think of the the uniforms doesn't nobody gives a damn. It's do the players like them and the yep. players seem to like them. Uh, obviously, it's for an important reason uh, with Greg Pruitt. So I, I thought that they did a pretty good job with it, uh, the unveiling and all that kind of stuff. You know, if, if you're one of those people that sits out there and bitches about, like, they need to wear the home uniforms. Like, I, I that's one of those statements that you're just never going to get it. Like, you don't get it. You're never going to get it. Whatever. So, <laughs> f***ing Caleb Williams. I mean, it's just... <laughs> It, it's it's every Saturday that I come home. <laughs> I'm just trying to have a beer. Talk uh, about OU. And they're always playing late at night. I know. It's just every damn weekend. That was a hell of a catch by Mario Williams, Mario too. Williams, man. Uh, but, you know, I thought the uniforms were pretty cool. Do I want to see them every weekend? Obviously not. But And realize, too, it was a big recruiting weekend. Yeah, it was a big recruiting weekend. And, you know, I we'll talk to Josh here uh, on the unofficial forty this week about Colton Vasek and in, in in Austin, and I know that the his statement that he put out, uh, he gave somebody an interview today, and I'm sure it's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. But I guess like kind of my almost kind of quick takeaway is like, what's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to just sit at home when his family goes to the Texas game? Like I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe the writing's already on the wall, and I just don't want to see it right now. But I guess in a way, he's still technically committed to Oklahoma so we'll see it was a I, I think defensively it was a step in the right direction hopefully that's something that uh you know you can continue recruiting him obviously I mean is
0: Brent's policy official visits though
1: I think so yeah I think that's how he's skate he's kind of skating around yeah. a little bit but I don't know it is what it is
0: well uh it's going to be a much better week this week. I know. No, that. it is. It is. It we just, might be in your face I mean, with some Lindsey Street merch and yeah, stuff like, like that more uh, than we have been. They just
1: needed to win a football game, and I think that for a lot of people, it didn't. It didn't matter how they did it. They just needed to win a football game, and they were able to do that today.
0: I think it was a good day for the fans. Uh, I was a little. Str- it was a little strange that people were leaving with a fourteen point lead. It was it was kind of miserable out there. Yeah, for a it was little the, bit. that sun was beating down hard.
1: It was hot, but you know it is what it is. Shout out Toby Roland. I think I got my name called on the uh, the radio broadcast today. I'll
0: say this: you were you. Were, it was a magnificent gather and knee and Neil day. I mean, it was just it was. But it, you were it was, only hit five hundred today.
1: Uh, well, no, that. I'll tell you what happened. Zach didn't kick the he one hopped it to me. How am I supposed to catch the ball on a one hop? I thought it was going to hit, come up and like hit me in the balls. That's the last thing I wanted to do. I got booed. You need to. I got get... booed by the st- by the stadium uh, down there in the north end zone. <laughs> I got Spencer Rattler treatment today.
0: Uh, you need to get with Kelleher and, and see if you can find out if Zach Schmitt, Zach Schmidt is, is finds you before the game and tries is trying to kick it to you. No, I would. I would hope
1: so. I would hope so.
0: Because, like, you need a game within a game. He's always kicking it out of the end zone. Like, if, if we could keep a scorecard on how many, like, maybe we can get some betting going. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'd like that. Like, how many times like can you actually hit it? I was actually, I was actually kind of surprised that I caught it on the, uh, the, on fly? the fly. Yeah, yeah. Was, There's a short hop that you, you The short hop with, is yeah. the one that got me. But I did display maybe one of the most powerful arms to ever grace the field of uh, Owen Field early in the game. I, I, I rocketed one over to uh, the east side Stadium side to one of the ball boys. I mean, absolute dime. You can ask people. They'll be talking about it. I do appreciate all the people in the north end zone that chanted my name, though. But they, they were the same mother that booed me, too. So <laughs> I caught myself there.
0: You can't lose the fans, Eddie.
1: I well no. They, Once those you are, lose the fans, it's over. Those are my people. Those are my people. I celebrate everything that they do down there.
0: I will tell you this, uh, just a little, um, maybe, maybe some post
1: post game. Uh, we got a fire truck. It, it's campus corner. That's a that's a fire truck, is what that uh, is. Oh, the new
0: uh, the new uh, the new nightclub might be on fire. No, that wouldn't be the That'd worst be some thing. Some
1: co- co- code violations. That wouldn't be there. the worst thing in the entire world. They're the ones that took sugars away from us.
0: Isn't it just the Sugars people, the heist place? Uh, I,
1: I think they they sold it, Did and I actually it? know the people that own it now, so they're good people. I don't, I don't mean that it actually burns down.
0: Are you gonna go over there and DJ after this?
1: No, I don't think so. I'm I'm an old man these days. No, uh,
0: what what I was saying, I can't even remember the fire truck completely. What was I saying? What was I was I hinting at something?
1: Uh, just kind of setting up for this week. I I think that like. I don't believe that they're going to have a Brent Venables press conference on Tuesday. I think we're going to probably talk to him on Wednesday. Just kind of a precursor for the week. I, I don't think that we're going to have a normal practice schedule because of the bye week.
0: Well, and the other thing, uh, you know, is, you know, it was brought up after the game about uh, some of the players had mentioned that they didn't, you know, they, they kind of got to take fewer reps and take more middle reps this week, and maybe that helped them feel better and fresher. I mean, they ran 100 plays. I mean, There was a lot of of physical football action out there today for those guys. There still
1: is, like, an element of, like, I don't think that Brim Venables is really buying that shit. Well, he
0: said in his postgame, he thinks, you know, he told them, like, they would do 20 less, like, he makes it, like, tell him he's going to get, like, they're going to have fewer sessions or, you know, and they're going to take it easy on him today. But he only cuts practice by, like, 20 minutes, and it's more of a placebo kind but of But I, I do think that, like, it's not
1: it, – I don't think it's practice. I don't think that, like, they're physically worn out. I think there's a lot of mental – like, just being in meetings and just
0: – Being up with Schmidt in the morning, finishing practice doing at 8 o'clock.
1: And, you know, I, I think what you said on the unofficial 40 this week is, is, is very valid just as far as moving the practices into the evening – they're up there later than they've ever been, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, is an excuse probably, but it's just a different schedule that these guys are having to get used to. That doesn't, as they were on the morning schedule right. for years. And but and that by no means is that an excuse for going out and getting just absolutely embarrassed at the Cotton Bowl. It does. It's it's not an excuse for the way that they uh, perform down in Fort Worth. But at the same time, I do think that there is a little bit of. Uh, they needed this buy here at the right time, and you know we'll we'll see if they can build off this. This is a. It's not a championship performance, I think, as Josh would term it on the uh, the report card, but I do think that it was a much needed step in the right direction.
0: Utah has end zone low seating down low. I've never seen that before.
1: I think you can go in there and uh, get converted to uh, Mormon. Is that what it's called? I don't even know. I don't know.
0: There are Mormons at, U, at the University of yeah, Utah. They're, but they're not, not in BYU. It's not, it's not a religious be, school. How about
1: the day of football that we had, oh, like, man. just sitting here after the game? just
0: how, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy for Josh Heupel. I really am. It's pretty I mean, cool. I don't think he'll ever talk to me again after the way things finished in 2014. Um, I asked him the question, do you think he'll be coaching here at Oklahoma next year? Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things you got to ask. Uh, because the entire fan base wanted him gone. Um, so, but really happy to see him beat Alabama today. It's, it's unexplainable. Like him as a head coach, I haven't been around him, but even at UCF, I mean, it, it almost felt like, you know, Danny white took over that athletic director job and kind of saved him from, you know, just floundering at UCF with like seven and five records. I never expected this. Yeah. I mean, he has some type of a magical touch as a head coach.
1: He's done a really good job, obviously. And, you know, I, I it is really cool to see him find some success. He's going to be the face of, you know, college football here over the next week and a half. Yeah. Uh, from what Tennessee was able to do today, Tennessee, you know, obviously the a program like that when you knock off uh, it, it, it kind of has a lot of ironically enough, it kind of has a lot of 2000 OU Nebraska vibes as far as like a statement, we're back, and Tennessee was able to find that today. I, and it, and you're right, it is cool. Joey Hosley's out there with him as well, right? Yeah, uh, somebody that's been a you know, kind of a, a big, you know, friend of the program, obviously, and uh, it's cool to see them find some success. I'm sure that, uh, Coop and Joe, John and those yeah. guys are given given hype and yeah, uh, and 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 Joey and even Levy. I mean, they were and Levy. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that they're getting a phone call tonight. A little bit of a congratulatory, uh, you know, step in the right direction for that program. So
0: and then what a day of just complete madness with Spencer Sanders rumors.
1: Yeah, th- that was nuts. Like so, last night I'm at a uh, charity event and up up in Oklahoma City, and there's like. You know, people saying that like you know, Gunner Gun like the Gundy family's all gone down to Fort Worth because they're gonna they're gonna watch Gunner make a start today. And then uh, you wake up and like right as we were kind of going down for pregame mm-hmm. stuff, everything's kind of blew up on Twitter. Like, is 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 Spencer Sanders not playing today?
0: I think it probably hit like the OSU message boards. Yeah, uh, and then it I was, got on my, my
1: burner and I was just making up rumors
0: because <laughs> my brother texted me. I was I was on the way to the stadium, and my brother's a big OSU guy. Um, and he texted me: uh, Spencer Sanders is out. Gunnar Gundy starting. Like, and I, you had already told me the rumor, and I just, like I always do, I didn't even respond to the text. Uh, but it's like, and I was texting like Scott Wright, uh, who I kind of you know work with at the at, at the Sports Animal, yeah. uh, saying, "Hey, heard some weird stuff. You might want to check around." He's like, "Yeah, we've been hearing stuff all week." And then I think Jenny Carlson in the post game was telling us he hadn't practiced all week and. It was just bizarre. I mean, like I'm, I'm glad it wasn't us going through that.
1: Sure. Oh, God. I mean, we've been there before. And, you know, obviously a great game. Congratulations to Sonny Dykes and the TCU program. 6-0, and his second year in Fort Worth, or uh, first year in Fort Worth, obviously. It's kind of come together. Max Duggan playing really good football. I mean, my God. Uh, and it sounds
0: like if you enjoy Matt Campbell meltdowns, you need to rewatch the Texas. Yeah, I, I need game. to go back and look at that. The uh, end of and, the game, apparently a fumble. Uh, that turned the ball over, ended up losing the game for Iowa State, and Matt Campbell thought that there was targeting on the play, and it looked sure. I saw the replay; it certainly looked like it.
1: The uh, and it sounds like Iowa State had a chance to win the game. Uh, Kyle Weatherly
0: pass that got dropped like at the
1: five yard line. That's 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 what Kyle told me uh, as we were waiting on Brent to come in. So uh, you know, Texas obviously. A little bit typical for them, just as far as coming off of a big win. It was always going to be a tough game. The hangover against, game, against yeah. an Iowa State team that has kind of had their number. That I think they had beat them three straight times. So uh, you know, the Big Twelve man it, every week uh, in here over the next couple weeks is going to be really fascinating. I think TCU and Kansas State play next week, which will be a big game up in I believe Manhattan. I don't Kansas think State, that that's in Fort were they Worth off this week. Uh, yes, yeah. I believe so. Uh, but you know, it's going to be really. Kind of fun, and it all kind of started on Thursday with uh, Baylor going out to Morgantown and losing in a game that I don't think a lot of people thought was going to happen like that. So yeah. uh, Blake shaping kind of the same of course, injury, Chapin, yeah, same thing as same Dylan thing Gabriel. That, uh, happened to Dylan. So uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Oklahoma here over the next, you know, I guess two months or whatever it's going to be. But it does feel like for the first time in a long time, we can sit here and say, okay, like maybe this Take thing's going to, maybe it's going to be okay. Yeah. Maybe they're going to find their way here. And, you know, you just hope that the defense continues to make improvements, continues to build foundation uh, for what, you know, Brent and Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis and Ted Roof and all those guys, uh, Brandon Hall, Jay Vali, all of them want to be able to yeah. do.
0: Well, um, it's been a much I mean, the other thing to think Oklahoma for and the players is you got a Saturday night, late night postgame podcast. Because go. we forgot how to do it as long as the team was playing like crap. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're happy to be back, uh, happy to do it. Going to be back again on Wednesday for the uh, unofficial 40. Uh, so thank you to Eskridge Lexus. And uh, we'll hear from everybody. Josh will be on the Monday Morning Idiot and uh, have lots of stories still to come, five plays that stood out. And, and, and by the way, go to the YouTube page, Sooner Scoop, uh, also Sooner Scoop Editorial, two different YouTube pages for all the videos. Uh, and there will be a sights and sounds worthy of sights and sounds. I mean, way. finally, I
1: feel like I feel like it's been <laughs> forever that we were able to put one together. But trust me, over the last couple of weeks, you don't want to see it.
0: You came up to me after the Texas game, like worried, like I was going to be mad. I mean, you're like, but you were like, I swear, there's not even five plays that I can put on tape.
1: No, no, there there really hasn't been. And you know, I, Bob will have uh, the five plays that told the story, uh, telling the story tomorrow on the site. Just. Like, they're literally – there truly has not been anything that we would want to put up. Like, I, I promise you.
0: The YouTube comments are not kind, uh, and they would not have been kind to of those. So, all right, that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, it's a bye week next week, so we'll be off next weekend, but we'll be back after Iowa State. Uh, but the Sooners headed in the right direction, finally it appears, uh, as they went at 52-42 to 42 over Kansas – uh, moving on to the bye week. So thanks for listening. Thanks to Le- Escridge Lexus, uh, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Escridge Lexus Post Game Podcast.